Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Okay, hello everyone, and I'm so excited today to be with my brother Dean, and Dean Paxton is in Spokane. Dean, I'm so glad to see you today. Thanks for taking the time to get up early and come and meet with me. I'm so glad to be with you. Oh, it's good to time to be here, Mike. I'm so thankful to be here, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's we have a wonderful message to share, and I'm excited to to, to dig into it with you this morning, and just blessed to. To, to share what we have uh, for us too, you know, so it's exciting. Amen. It is a powerful message, and it's my hope, Dean, that as you and I discuss what we're going to discuss today, that someone who's hurting might be helped, someone who's suffering might be healed, someone who's in bondage might be set free, because you and I know this is the power of God. So we're talking here about the message that has the power to forgive and free and heal and release and make new. Uh, so we, you and I have agreed before this that we were going to go through Genesis chapter 22. Um, Dean, just a little background. The reason why we're going through this passage is you wrote something on our communication channel, um, which is Discourse. And I just want to read that. I want to read it for our listeners, what you wrote that then made, and I read this to my wife, Jody, and she said, you need to have a podcast with Dean. And I said, yeah, you're right. So I'm going to read this as a way of starting it. It's a reference to Genesis 22. And it says, and this is what you wrote. We, like Isaac, carried our wooden burden of guilt and shame up that hill of bloodshed to the altar of our sacrifice, but with the knife of justice poised over our body to slay us, in the Father's holy and completely validated righteousness. But he, in his mercy and amazing love with which he so loved us, provided for us the guilty son, a scapegoat, the innocent son, our most merciful Savior, Jesus Christ, who laid himself on the tree. And when he was lifted up, he took the full brunt of our condemnation and wrath and saying, Father, forgive them. I want to join you there. Oh, Lord, you are awesome, God. And, and Dean, this was a summary of all of Genesis chapter 22. And I think it shows your heart about the cross of Christ. And, and that's what got us started about thinking about doing this podcast today, wasn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, it's a glorious picture. Um, God showed both of us, I think, together that, uh, that this was uh, something that, you know, this is a message that we need to to preach, to talk about, to discuss, to share with people, because uh, we all need the hope. Uh, and I, and I, I think especially this time of year as we enter into a season that is declared hopeful, but many are not hopeful right now. And so, uh, but we need to understand and, and really just be blessed by the gospel message that Jesus went to the cross uh, for our, as our substitute and that he gives us hope in all things, all things, all hope is met in Jesus, uh, not in the tree, not in the lights, not in the gifts, but the one gift that he gave us on the cross 
uh, as our substitute. And it's a glorious picture. So I just hope that uh, this time, this this uh, time that we share together, will will greatly bless uh, many people who are just uh, in a dark place right now. That they're hurting for from something that uh, has happened to them. Maybe something that they <clears throat> themselves have been a part of. But but the pardon that comes with the knife being uh, being held back and and the and the substitute being discovered in a in a thorn bush, a, a crown of curse that he took, and then he uh, he restored us back to the Father. It's just just a beautiful picture. So I'm excited to go through this with you today, Mike, uh, and uh, just praise God that uh, that we get to be partakers of it as well, because the hope isn't just for uh, you know this person or that person; it's for the whole world. Because Jesus died for the whole world, Mike. I mean, I love it. That's exactly right. So let's go through Genesis 22 together. If you're listening to us today and you have a Bible, uh, take and read it. Maybe you're driving along in a car and you just want to listen, and that's great too. Dean and I are going to read through this passage together. We can stop as we're reading and talk about it, uh, but we hope that this will lift you up, that it will bless your heart, encourage your heart, bring you maybe some energy, set you free, heal you. This is the power that we're looking at today. Mm. So let's take and, and go through this passage. There's 19 verses. Um, I'll start here in verse one. Uh, sometime later, God tested Abraham. Uh, he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Um, just looking at this, Dean, he was seriously going to test Abraham. Uh, mm. It was going to be a test like Abraham couldn't have thought or imagined. This was a test that would rip out his heart. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's, there's times in life where maybe you feel tested. Maybe you are being asked to do something that's hard, that hurts your heart. Um, yeah. God has a purpose for this. Uh, this is not a random test. This is uh, a test that it's actually going to point to the gospel of Jesus Christ 2,000 years later. Um, and so that's the first verse, some thoughts I had there, Dean. Uh, you know, we, we, let, me, let me just share one other passage that relates to this. And that's in um, John chapter 8, where Jesus is talking to the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, and he says an interesting point. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, Jesus is speaking, seeing mm. my day. He saw it and was glad. And you think, wait a minute, where did Abraham see Jesus' day? And the answer is right here in this passage. And so maybe our listeners are going through a test or going through a dark time, a time that hurts their heart, um, like we're going to see Abraham here is going to be. Mm -hmm. Understand that God has a big purpose. It's far bigger than yourself and what you're dealing with. And as we go through this, Dean, I think they'll see that there's hope in, in the midst of this this test. Do you have any thoughts about this verse, or do you want to go on and read some more? Actually, I do, as you were speaking, because you said, God, uh, Abraham said, here I am, and now he doesn't know what he's about to face. He, he's just by faith saying, here I am, and I, I, I want to encourage listeners today, too, because we may not 
we might be hearing God speaking to us, but we might not always be in our heart, in our mind. We might not be so excited to say, here I am, because maybe we're going through something challenging right now. And, 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 the, and the world around us is crushing and caving in around us. But yet, by faith, we just say, here I am. And, and I don't know what you have for me, God, but I know that I know that it's got to be better than where I am at right now. And God, I'm just going to trust you by faith to say, here I am, wherever you're going to lead me today, however you're going to draw me out of this today, however you're going to shine a light in this dark place today. I just want to enter into that by faith and say, Lord, here I am. I might not feel like this is the best, you know, a good thing, but it is a good thing. And uh, by faith, this is where I believe Abraham's mentioned in Hebrews in the in the chapter of faith where he's by faith Abraham went he and uh and sometimes I think you know our faith uh rises up inside us as we just seek the Lord and uh he gives us that faith to just say here I am I don't know what you have for me God but I'm going to enter into it by faith that's such a good point I'm so glad you brought that out it's really if you think about it surrender um, you know, well, tell me what you got, God, and I'll decide. No, it, it's just, here I am. And I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, please take this cup away from me. Yet, here I am. Yeah, amen. So, in other words, yet not my will, but yours. There's surrender here that Abraham has that is important for you and I. Um, good point. You want to take, go on and read verse uh, two or wherever you want to stop. Sure. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I should tell you. Um, you know, I think God is talking to this man who Isaac was, Isaac was not, Isaac was a promised son, but, but even in, in the shallow faith, uh, at that moment, maybe they said, uh, God said, I'm going to give you a son. And, uh, but they laughed at that. You know, Sarah had, had, a, had a laugh in her heart about that. So, but, but God was faithful. Even through our doubt and fear, he, he gave Isaac to, to Abraham and Sarah. And now he's called to crucify this one and only son. Uh, as a, he said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. I mean, this, this definitely, I mean, it directly points to John 3, 16, where God so loved the world. He so loved. And if we could just think about those two words, so loved, uh, and just meditate on that, because what Jesus did was so loving to, to all of us, that he was the only son. He was the, the son that was so loved, but yet he loved us even more than his own life to go to the cross. And so as we see, as we enter into the rest of this, these, the, these verses here, we're going to see how that so loved plays out um, in the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Um, and, you know, he makes a point here of saying Isaac is your only son. Legally, officially, that's not true. Um, he also has Ishmael. Uh, Isaac is not his only son, but of course, he's his only son with Sarah. But I think the point is now we're beginning to see that this has a reference, as you said, to an event that would happen later where God himself would take his son, literally his only son, mm -hmm. to a mountain 
and to sacrifice him there. It's interesting, Dean, that God has a specific mountain in place here. He says, you'll go to a mountain, I will show you. And history and geography has proved that Abraham took Isaac to the very ridgeline where there was another mountain called Mount Calvary. Mm. That God had specifically determined where he wanted this picture to take place. And that was right there on the same ridgeline, very close together with Mount Calvary. Mm. So early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. There was no hesitation. There wasn't any, well, let me think about it. I didn't realize you were going to make me do this. No, there's none of that. His here I am, as you pointed out, is now expressing itself in immediate obedience. He got up early the next morning. He was eager to do what God had told him to do, even though you must know, Dean, that in his heart, he's hurting right now. He's considering having to slay his only son, whom God had just reminded, whom you love. Mm. It must cut his heart. It must be hurting him, and yet there's immediate obedience. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac, and when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Um, Must be a, a hard journey to make, Dean. It must be a difficult thing he's thinking of doing here. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine um, that testing. Um, it hurts the heart. <laughs> it, Abraham's heart was hurting. This was the, as you mentioned, this was the promised son. This was yeah. one whom um, God had had supernaturally given. Remember, they were past the age of childbearing. Abraham was past the age of having a son, and Sarah's womb was closed. So. Uh, Isaac was born in a supernatural way as the promised son. And now you want me to kill him? Uh, This is a hard thing, Dean. We can't leave this passage without acknowledging that this was a severe test. Amen. And yet we see Abraham obeying, right? And so what what do you have on, you want to talk more about that verse or move on to verse four? Yes, then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And I just, the third day is such a powerful uh, part of this message too, because as we know that Jesus was um, led up that hill to Calvary to die on a cross for you, for me, uh, for a lost and dying world, so desperately to seek him. But in that three days, um, which seemed like to the world that it was the end of the end. It was the end of all ends that the hope and the promise that, uh, that people had laid up from him uh, or upon him. And I want to go back just, uh, just briefly to the, the, the verse three where it says, Abraham rose up in the early morning and saddled his donkey with him. See, Jesus, Jesus was led to the cross um, uh, but before that he was led to the cross, he came in triumphal entry on a donkey where people shouted glory, hallelujah. They, 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 they raised uh, a banner of triumph uh, as he entered in as their promised king. So when he went to the cross and he died there, that hope 
the that they that the people the, the those must have just been crushed that this the hope is of glory is gone we have no more savior we have no more king he's he he came in on a king on a as a king on a donkey uh and which by the way when kings rode into war they rode in on horses but jesus rode in on a donkey which is a symbol of peace he's the prince of peace and so he rode in as the prince of peace but they crucified him on the cross so when he went into the grave for three days to conquer sin death and the and the devil uh and as we'll see he he returns to the father but those three days were so powerful for you and for me uh and for the world that this is is the lifting of condemnation this is the lifting of guilt and shame and all that sin that you and i were a part of and the world is is enslaved to the darkness that surrounds us but he went for three days uh after a triumphal entry as king he he went to the cross as de as a defending king as a conquering king and and we'll learn more about that as we go but this is an amazing piece of scripture here wow <laughs> Wow, that blessed my heart to hear that. Um, I hadn't, I honestly, Dean, this is the first time I'd considered the donkey, um, that he was going to ride in with the donkey. A donkey, like you said, a, it's not a horse. It's not a, he, he's not coming. Jesus didn't come in uh, as a conquering king. He came in riding a beast of burden. Um, speaking of how Jesus would carry our burdens uh, like the donkey who was loaded down here. Um, and so we look at this picture and all the details are starting to come into focus here uh, on the third day. And so this, this promised son who was born supernaturally is now under the death sentence for three days. Um, he's, he's going along here for, for three days. Uh, and the father has it in his mind that this son is going to die um, he said to his servants in verse five, stay here with the donkey. I'm sorry, I missed that. So he, he looked up and he saw the place in the distance. I, I think about that, Dean, and I, I think about how Abraham saw Jesus' day, according to John 8. Mm. Here, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. There it is, Calvary's Hill. There it is, the place where the promised son would die. Mm. There it is where he is going to give up that which he loves. Mm. Saw the place in the distance. Um, and he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. Look at this. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's confusing at best. What do you mean? We will go over and we will come back. Um, no, I'm going to offer my son there as God has told me to do. I think we get a hint here of Hebrews chapter 11 that you alluded to, that Abraham believed that God could raise the dead. Uh, because he said, basically, I and my son are going to go over and I and my son are going to come back. Um, and so he's looking forward by faith, believing that God could raise the dead. Um, I think here is a good place to see that as well. Amen. Uh, and so we're, we've seen kind of this picture starting to, to take shape, haven't we, Dean? Yes. Yeah. And then we go on to verse, uh, you want to move on to verse six? I don't want to rush, but. Sure. Um, 
and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. Um, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And then he said, look, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? You know, I can only picture Isaac you know, going through his mind at this time that he sees the fire, he sees the wood, he sees himself and his, and his father. He sees all these things, but it kind of draws me a picture to when Jesus was being laid up for the sacrifice. He's on the cross. He's saying, Father, why are you forsaking me? Uh, why are why are you forsaking me? And but he said, still says, Father, forgive them. Uh, at the at the end, he says, but yeah, that's an interesting picture. How he saw all these things going on, but but yet he questioned his father. But his father assures him that you know God will provide uh, the sacrifice um, going forward. Yeah, that's a good point. I had never really connected Christ's question of his father with Abraham, with Isaac's question here. I, I see the similarity. Um, I think it may be, be beginning to dawn on Isaac. Uh, you know, and, and if you look at it, here's Isaac carrying the wood of his own sacrifice up the hill. Uh, he's, he's got this wood strapped on his back and he's carrying it up to the place or he's going to die on it. Mm. At least the father thinks that. Uh, Abraham thinks that. And we look at Jesus walking up the hill of Calvary. And he's got the cross on his back. And he's carrying the instrument of his own death to the place of his own execution. Now, Dean, this is a sight. Abraham saw the place in the distance. You and I can see the place. We can see what's happening here. As you mentioned, Christ nailed to the cross, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet the realization is because God so loved the world. God loved you. If you're listening to us today, that's the one thing that needs to come through loud and clear, that God is doing this because he loves you. He's putting the wood on the back of his son because he loves you. He himself is carrying the instruments of death, the instruments of judgment, the fire and the knife. He's going to wound his own son. Dean, he's going to put him to grief. He's laid the cross on the back of his son. Mm. This is an amazing picture, isn't it? To enter in, to, to experience this as we talk about it. It's a, it's a beautiful picture, Mike. I just love how Jesus um, so loved. And as we, again, refer back to the John 3.16 passage, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, whoever says today, um, here I am, whoever, here I am, uh, send me, take me, God. I just want to follow you and trust you. But then in verse 17, we see that, of, of John 3, it says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that condemnation isn't for you and for me. That condemnation isn't for those who are suffering and the lost. 
that condemnation is a lie from the enemy. The condemnation went to the cursed crown of Jesus when he's on the cross. And when that blood uh, from that spiked piercing of that crown of our curse cr crushed his head and he bled out from his from his from that cursed crown that we deserved and that those sin, the sin pierced nails that, that held him and bound him. We, we read that Isaac was bound to that wood and we, you and I are bound to that cross where Jesus died and we're in that bosom of blood that, that Jesus poured out and sacrificed everything as the guilt as he took, he was the innocent son, but he took our guilt as guilty sons. And, uh, and, and that's how, that's where we just see that God so loved the world, you, me, the, the, this world that needs to hear a message of hope. The condemnation is not for you, for me. It's not for you who is listening today. That condemnation went right to the Savior, right to his head and his hands and his feet and pierced the side that poured out a gushing flow of salvation for all of us, that we don't have to go to that cross as we, we're, we're, we're dead there on the cross with Jesus, but we enter into that resurrection life, which is such a powerful message right now. That is so powerful. That is so powerful because it shows that we have no condemnation. You know, condemnation is, is the greatest burden of humanity to carry that there ever was. It, it's like a, uh, it draws, it's like an undertow that draws us out into the ocean of sin. I'm condemned anyway. My sins are laying heavy on my back. Um, and I, there's no way to escape. Um, but yes, God has made a way, and we're seeing it played out before our very eyes right here. It's, it's where the son is carrying the wood up the hill for you. He's condemned instead of you, which means you can go free. There's a couple of things to look at here. If you look at the details, um, the question comes from Isaac, where is the lamb? And Abraham answered, the actual Hebrew is, God will provide himself a lamb. Mm. God will provide himself a lamb. At the cross, God provided himself in the form of a lamb. Mm. He came and, and took on the, the body of a man, but the role of a lamb. Uh, and so when John the Baptist, for instance, saw Jesus coming for the first time, he said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm. Um, where is the lamb? John the Baptist just answered, look, look, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And so our, our listeners right now need to see Jesus as the lamb. God has provided himself a lamb in the form of a lamb to mm. and take away your sin, to come and remove it far from you, to come and free you from the burden of it, to come and remove the condemnation of it. Mm. And that's the power of the message we're seeing played out in story form here. Mm. And so where are we at here, Dean? Where, what's our next? Uh, we are, yes, you just said that he will provide for himself um the lamb let me get caught up to us here um uh, for the burnt offering and i what i love about this too is that 
you're right, Mike. Jesus is the Son of God, but when He went to the cross, He became the Lamb of God. And we and uh, we kind of point backwards just briefly to look at the the, the Lamb slaughtered at the altar uh, for our sins, our salvation, um, and uh, which was never meant to fully re recompense for the for the for the gap of our between our our humanity and His holiness. But but he purchased that by the blood of the lamb that was that was sacrificed at the altar, and he became that lamb of God on the cross of altar, the 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 the, the cross of bloodshed for you and for me. He became that lamb of God. He is son of God, but he is also lamb of God. And so we even we can point forward way to Revelation, mentioning the lamb of God who is worthy to take away our sin. But he was the only lamb who was worthy to take away the sin of the world. And, and not sin only, although that's powerful, but all the guilt, the heaviness, the burden, the, the, the confusion, the chaos, all the things that, that, that you and I went through, some of our listeners might be experiencing right now. But the lamb of God, when you say takes away, it takes away everything it's gone completely removed so we can walk by faith as abraham did just say here i am and walk into the world even today coming out of our houses today wherever we're going today uh, wherever you are today uh you just say here i am i'm going to enter into the death of jesus the, the the sacrifice of jesus and he is now my lamb who paid it all on the cross today hallelujah he paid it all yeah, that means you have nothing to pay. No. He paid it all. God doesn't demand payment twice. Uh, he, yeah. he, he paid it all, like you said. And, and this is what is so freeing, brother. If, if people listening are under a burden, well, Jesus removed that burden and became the burden for you. If you are weary, Jesus took your sin off of you so that you can run and leap for joy. Yeah. If you are, are sick with sin, if you feel leprous, if you feel like everywhere you go, you need to shout unclean, unclean, mm. Jesus became unclean with your sin, thereby removing it from you, making you clean. Hallelujah. And you can praise the Lord now that you are not your sin, that mm. Jesus was your sin. And that you're free from it. You're free from the burden of it. You're free from the condemnation of it. You're free from the curse of it. You're mm. free, free, free. He has healed you at the cross by becoming sin for you. Um, Dean, I look at this picture in verse 9. And it says that Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Think about the Roman soldiers laying Jesus on top of the wood, and, and they not only bound him to it, they nailed him to it. Um, and Jesus was nailed to the wood. He was also nailed to your sin. Mm. Your sin was nailed to that wood so that all the sin and all the, the guilt of humanity was nailed to that wood. You can see Isaac here willingly he, you know, Josephus or Pliny, I can't remember which one, tells us that Isaac is 33 years old right now, mm. meaning he's of age. He could overpower his old father, but he doesn't. He's laying down willingly. Mm. And Jesus says, no man can take my life from me. I lay it down willingly. Mm. He looked at you, brother, and he looked at all of humanity 
And he said, I lay my life down willingly for you. I, I go to that cross willingly. Uh, he, he went of his own free will. He went out of love for you. Here's Isaac laying down willingly. At some po point, it dawned on him, oh, I'm the lamb. And yet he didn't run and he didn't fight. He, there he is laying there willingly as a lamb. Mm. That's so powerful. Um, you know, we, we, we read that there's no, Jesus says there's no greater love than that which uh, a friend lays down his life for another. And that uh, just so exemplifies what we're talking about today, that, that Jesus laid down his life on that wooden cross. And that's amazing. That's a powerful thing because you're right. He could have, he could have gotten up off that cross. He, he could have commanded a, a host of, of angelic defenders to come to his rescue. Uh, but yet he, he just willingly and sacrificially and lovingly uh, laid down on that wooden cross and bound to it, as you say. Uh, and we read that Isaac was bound, uh, Abraham bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. He was he was bound there. Our sin put him there, but his love kept him there. His love for us kept him on the cross where we put him there, but he chose to stay and remain uh, there until the end, as you say, uh, until the very end. He loved us to the end uh, and the end of his death. But in that death, we, we see that is the beginning. It's not the end. Uh, where people were looking at the cross, seeing the, the end of their king, um, he then triumphs three days later uh, as, their, as their new hope and their new glory. And, uh, uh, and we enter into that by faith. That's beautiful. That's <laughs> beautiful, brother. Uh, the cross was not a wall or a ceiling. It was a, a doorway, an entrance, not an ending, but a beginning. Um, it, it is is so powerful to see this being played out in this story, and I want our listeners to enter into this, to experience the power of it. Look at Abraham in verse 10, raising his knife to slay his son, and what we're supposed to see is God putting his son to grief, God laying the sins of the world on his son and crucifying him. Um, Abraham is raising that instrument of judgment, that instrument of condemnation. He's going to plunge it into the heart of his own son. And even though we're going to see here where the angel said, stop, in essence, I think Paul picks up on this in Romans chapter 8, Dean. In Romans 8, it says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How not also along with him graciously give us all things. So I think Paul is thinking back to when Abraham was able to spare his own son, but God didn't. Mm -hmm. God, in essence, as it were, plunged the knife into the heart of his own son. Mm -hmm. He sacrificed his son. He put him to grief. He laid our sins on him. He crucified him. He killed him. He killed his own son out of love for you, out of this desire to rescue you, out of this desire to set you free. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
you know that, that's so powerful i think the, the when we when we look at jesus laying down uh his life it, i i think there's so much power in that laying down because as we as we enter into this the, to this scenario of christ and dying with him we enter into that laying down and uh, and whatever burdens we're experiencing right now as we lay those down on that cross and we lay ourselves down on that cross and we no longer uh, look to the outside of the world for hope because there's no hope in the world. There's only hope in Jesus, but we, but we see ourselves laying down with Jesus on that cross um, and being strapped to him, bound to him. Uh, we're, we're, we're being bound there, not as prisoners, but actually as exile, I mean, actually as, as, uh, as being redeemed, a redeemed people. But, uh, but, you know, as we look at laying down, it, whatever burden it is that we're going through, you know, whatever sin that we, we've been struggling with, um, this is the place. This is the time and place for us to just enter into this death by laying ourselves down, laying down the burdens, uh, laying down the, 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 you know, the trying harder and the, the working harder and, uh, you know, going through the steps and going through the motions, but just simply say, God, I'm just going to lay down with you uh, so that you can be uh, lifted up and take me with you, uh, bound to you so that I can be bound to this death that the old way is gone it's dead it's con you know the condemnation is on you uh and you took the curse but i'm bound to that dying so that i can be bound to your rising mm -hmm. that's a amen to that um i i look here and i want to draw attention because i've never seen this before and you started me on this path um in verse 11 uh the angel of the lord called out to him from heaven abraham abraham what does he say dean so here I am. <laughs> Anyone who will say, here I am to what the Lord asks you to do is now going to say, here I am to the blessings that follow. Because he's now going to hear, don't lay a hand on the boy. Mm. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. And here is the blessing of the father receiving the son back. As from the dead on the third day. Amen. Here's Abraham getting his son back. And I just think about this surrender, this life of surrender that Abraham was living. He initially said, here I am. And now again, he says, here I am, as if to say, do with me what you will. I'm ready. Uh, and he's now going to hear the words of, that's going to turn his his sorrow into joy, his mourning into dancing. He's going to get his son back, his son whom he loved. Um, Dean, if, if we will live our lives surrendered, anything you want me to do, God, here I am. I'm ready, eager, willing, and able. Here I am. We will hear and receive this word from God. To, to give us back, to cause us to rejoice, that which turns our mourning into dancing. We will experience this tremendous blessing, even as Abraham is experiencing. Mm. Isn't that wonderful? It is wonderful. I think those are powerful words. Uh, and I just saw this as you were, as you were speaking, the, when he, when Abraham said, here I am at the very beginning, he, 
he he may have had some reservation. He may have had some even some maybe some fear. I don't I'm not sure what was going through his mind, but he's by faith. He said, here I am, God, uh, and whatever you have for me, I'm going to enter into it. But then at the end where we see again where he says uh, the angel of the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. Um, do not lay your hand on the boy. He said, he said, he's still going by faith. He says, even though I've seen my son on the cross, uh, you're taking me to new levels of faith. And I think that that's an important message because um, our faith has grown from glory to glory. We, we don't always, we, we don't get the big picture, but we get by faith to just enter into what we have right in front of us and uh, and so i think abraham's testing here is 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 being demonstrated and just saying here i am he gets us a little bit more of the picture of the gospel and then we grow in that we get a little more picture of the gospel we see jesus um going to the cross and and then we say here i am i'm going to enter into that we see him dying there he, i said we say here i am i'm going to enter into that and as we see him rising we say here i am I'm going to enter into the rising. So I can, we need to teach ourselves and preach to ourselves that I'm, res, I'm resurrected with Jesus and here I am resurrected. I am not the man of condemnation and I'm not the man of guilt and sorrow. I'm the man of here I am resurrection. Here I am delivered. Here I am uh, joyful and glad. And here I am living, not dying. Okay, I just want you to keep talking, brother, because that was powerful. You just described uh, all of Romans 6. You, you, if we've entered into a death like his, we will also enter into the resurrection like his. Here I am in death. Here I am in resurrection. Amen. That's beautiful. I love that. And you know, how many years have we studied Genesis 22 and all these new revelations coming out just now? Um, Glory to God. Right? I love that. Um, Dean, I, I want to summarize here and as we finish this, and I'm going to speak to our listeners in by way of summary in Genesis 22, and then I'll ask if you'll do the same thing, because this is really just the first part. If, if you look at verse 13, we have a whole nother story, mm -hmm. we have a whole nother message of substitution coming up, but we don't have time to go through that right now. So Dean, you'll, you'll have to come back and we'll finish up this story, but Right now, I just want to summarize by saying this. A lot of the church has looked at Genesis chapter 22 as a command for them to lay down their idols, for them to lay down that which they love, for them to give up something that's preventing you from experiencing God's best. You need to sacrifice your Isaac. You need to... And while that's true, it can become a mis emphasis because the emphasis here is on the father who gave up his son on the father who willingly out of love laid down his son put the wood on the back of the son the emphasis is on the son who carried that wood up the hill the emphasis is on him being bound to that wood willingly and the emphasis is on the son uh, being received back by the Father on the third day. Mm -hmm. So the emphasis is the good news that God has given his son for you, that he has laid down Jesus as his love offering in your place to free you, mm -hmm. to set you free, to remove your guilt, 
to, to make you a new creation in Christ. That's the emphasis of this passage. And what does that do for you? Number one, it should increase your faith that this was God's plan all along. That he he didn't, the cross isn't plan B. It's it's not, well, they, they goofed that up. I guess I better come up with it. No, this was God's plan. And here he is in Genesis 22, playing out that plan in detail for you so that you can put faith in the message of the cross. Uh, and so if you're listening today, and maybe you just, you just need faith. Well, look at all the details. How is it that, that God would have Abraham take his son to this one mountain where his son, it's a three-day journey. Why didn't he just have him go in his backyard mm. and sacrifice his son? Why does it have to get over there to that place? Because God wants you to see the picture of where he would take his son, mm. the same place, and offer him up for you out of love. God actually emptied himself of everything that mattered for you. Mm. He gave up that which he loved for you. Receive it. Receive it. Rejoice in it. Embrace it. God mm. you. He's not going to stop now if he loved you while you were a sinner. How much more now that if he loved you while you were an enemy? How much more now that you're reconciled to him and are a friend and are a son? And, mm. and so that's the emphasis and what I want to close with. And Dean, as you think about what we've read, just these 12 verses, um, how can you help our listeners? What thoughts do you have by way of summary? Well, <clears throat> I... Uh... You know, for many years when I was growing up, I heard basically, as you said, that there's one side of the gospel, and that's that's us giving, um, and and the gospel that that you know that the, there's one there's one gospel, but there's two sides to the gospel. There's two sides because there's a before, and then there's an after, and in the middle we see the cross, and we see that Jesus on the cross is the dividing. Uh, line between the death and the life. We see that in this picture with, with Isaac carrying that wood up to the cross, he was living out the death gospel, the, the, the part of the gospel that just is the, condemn, is the condemnation piece, the, the, the guilt and the shame piece. He's carrying that wood, that cursed, that curse, the, the wood is that curse that he carried lovingly up to the up to the cross or up to that hill on Calvary, that specific mountain that God pointed out. God is, uh, he's an amazing God. He puts details into our life that show us that he's not just, um, he didn't just put us on this planet to roam free and have wreak havoc and do the thing that we wanted to do. He has a very specific purpose and plan, no different than the purposed mountain and the purposed wood and, and, and Abraham rising early. All these details point to the to the one specific thing that that God had a specific plan. Uh, it wasn't just a random act that he put uh, Isaac and then Jesus on that altar. It was for our, a purpose. And that purpose is to, to deliver us. As his blood poured out, it was purpose to deliver us. It wasn't just to, to kill a, an innocent man on the cross. It was because it was something that you and I needed uh, and and God had destined this from before the beginning of the world. This was his plan of salvation. So I, I guess the the message that I have is that there's there's many of us that have only heard one side of the gospel, and that's the side that 
that we just have to give and we have to suffer and we have to uh, throw ourselves against the altar because no one else is coming to rescue us. Our, our king is on the cross and he's dying. There's no hope for us anymore. We're, we're at the end of our, uh, we're at the end of the end. And, uh, but I just want to encourage too, be, our listeners today, because there's another side and that's the life giving side. That's the side that yes, Jesus died, but yes, Jesus rose. That's the side that said, yes, Jesus was condemned, but yes, we are no longer condemned. Uh, yes, Jesus uh, bore our curse and, and so that we can be delivered from the curse. So today there's no condemnation for, for any of us who, who by faith say, here I am, and I'm going to enter into the death of Jesus so I can enter into the life of Jesus. And uh, it's just, a, it's a powerful message. We need to see the full gospel, preach the full gospel, preach it to ourselves so that we can live free from that condemnation and, and walk free. Uh, you know, I just pray that, uh, that people listening today uh, would be encouraged that, uh, that there is two sides to that same one-sided gospel and that uh, Jesus paid it all uh, so that we and I, we don't have to. Yeah, that's such an important point, Dean. I'm so glad you brought it up because often the gospel is confused for the response that the gospel should promote in us. You know, if, if the gospel says that I need to do anything, then it's not really a gospel. It's not good news. Come, oh, you want me to, um, you know, deny my flesh? Oh, what wonderful news. No, <laughs> that's not... The good news. The good news is that Jesus denied his flesh in order to forgive me and set me free. That's the good news. Like you said, that's the, the one-sided gospel. The response to that is, as we view this happening in front of our eyes, we enter into it. Uh, we come and we join in the celebration of the cross. We, we're able to then respond by uh, denying our own selves and taking up our cross and following. And so oftentimes, as you said, that the confusion is where I'm taught that the gospel is that I need to sacrifice myself and die to sin. No, <laughs> that's yeah. that's a response to the good news, the real good news of, mm. of the offering of the one and only son. I love how you summarized it that way. And I love how we have drawn, I think, our listeners into this story. But Dean, this is just the prequel. Uh, it's not the, prequel, it's the story, but there's another story. Uh, and and I, I'm looking forward to our ongoing study, starting with verse 13, going to verse 19, because we have a fuller picture here. And this is really what you wrote about what I started this message on. It's what you wrote about and and so come back next time and Dean, we will share again together. I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for the ministry that you have. Your newsletter that you wrote, uh, your message on dry ground is going out in tomorrow's newsletter. I can't wait for everybody to read it. That's exciting. Uh, just thanks so much for your time, brother, and coming to minister with me in this way. Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. I myself have been ministered to in great ways today. Uh, I'm encouraged in my heart, and uh, I'm just uh, uh, so blessed to be part of this uh, ministry. And uh, and I just pray, Lord willing, that we have many, many, many more podcasts to go out. So it's a blessing. Amen.
This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.